0: Hello sports fans, this is Sellout Sports, coming to you on Monday, October 23rd, and we're going to get right into, well we just watched the Vikings defeat the 49ers, wondering what the hell's going on with them, and uh, so with that being said, I think we'll get right into why I'm smarter than most NFL coaches, and uh, the music's queued up, and the tabs are all closed, and we are ready to go, hit it Mike. the unbeatens are long gone but there's only two one loss teams left in the nfl now and we're left wondering what the hell's going on with the 49ers uh i'm telling you man my initial take you know like i mean we we didn't watch this game closely obviously while we were prepping for the show but we we got bits and pieces and then just looking at the box score i'm just wondering why the 49ers are forgetting who they are um the whole the whole thing is you know, like oh, or last week was Purdy didn't have his weapons, right? Well, again, they didn't have their weapons. They didn't have one of his weapons this week with with Debo out, right? Right. He gets McCaffrey back, and yeah, the 49ers were playing from behind, but not, but not way behind. It was never. It was always a two score game, and it was mostly one score game. It was mostly one score game most of the way, it, and it was so it was never out of striking distance, basically, and. So I don't understand. This is another case of, and we, you know, we had for one week. We had Brock Purdy all the way up there. Like, wow, he really might be among the elite. You know, you know, in that tier right below Patrick Mahomes, right? Uh, I don't know. Now I'm starting to wonder because now I those think those
1: interceptions
0: were bad too. I mean, especially that that game ceiling one. So. I think th- Shanahan yeah like I think Shanahan thought so too and now he's asking him to do too much. Uh,
1: yeah the the, broad, the broadcast crew tonight was um, Troy Aikman was talking about how uh, he was actually comparing Purdy to, to Tua not necessarily skill-wise but schematic-wise obviously McDaniel and Shanahan connection uh, and he pointed out how Purdy was throwing to open space versus versus where the man was. He wasn't throwing the man open he was throwing to a spot and the man was getting there the receiver was getting there uh, that's what it looked like on that last interception too it's just uh, you know he was throwing to the the middle of the field which they were attacking a lot tonight just a bad throw though
0: and that's uh, yeah I mean it's obvious it's too far in front of him and, and and I don't know maybe it's the difference maybe Debo maybe you're you're dialing up Debo there um, if he's on the field but that was Joan Jennings in that case Uh but i but you know you just, again like i i tend one of the first things I tend to look for now is is the distribution of and the the forty niners. i think handed it off seventeen times to thirty two dropbacks Purdy was sacked once and uh or excuse me thirty one dropbacks he was and he was uh sacked once and threw thirty times and i don't know i mean that, that's that's not the forty ers game. And when you have Christian McCaffrey, I mean, they got him the ball in the passing game too. But what I'm saying is that they have other running backs behind him too. Don't don't ask him to do too much. And yeah, Christian
1: McCaffrey didn't. Uh, from what the report said, he didn't take contact at all this week uh, in in practice. I'm wondering if that factored into their decision a little. bit. Oh, I'm bit. sure.
0: I'm sure you want to limit McCaffrey's touches coming off an injury, sure. But they have. You know, they yeah, have a match. And- yeah.
1: They they gave it to him once or twice, but um, yeah, no, I mean it, it obviously didn't look great. I mean, credit Brian Flores, you know, putting the pressure on, only one sack, but uh, making making pretty uncomfortable at times tonight. Uh, you know,
0: not getting the sack, but getting the pressure there. Well, that's, I mean, that's the other thing. I mean, the Vikings haven't been stopping anybody, so I just don't understand why you don't just come in and just. I mean i I think it's another case of a team just kind of overlooking. A lesser team playing down to to lower competition. Um, obviously, I don't want to get too far into it because we we were half paying attention. But it just that's my initial take from it is probably just asking Purdy to do too much. And you know, especially given what happened last week, I, I don't know how you do that. I don't know why you don't know you don't go back to what you know works and you don't go back to basics. I yeah,
1: know. I don't know. Uh, like I said, you talked about the timing. Maybe Debo makes a difference. I think he does not just because of the playmaker that he is, you know, you can hand the ball off to him too that hybrid kind of guy. But just uh, going back to timing, uh, you know, he obviously takes all the first team reps in practice. Uh, Maybe timing is a little more important for a scheme like this. And when you have a guy go down, maybe, uh, you know, you see the fall off a little bit more than you would a traditional just number one guy that's uh, not as concerned with with the, with the timing, I guess. If you're just throwing a guy open, I think of like Jamar Chase with Joe Burrow, right? Like, um, obviously, Jamar Chase is an incredible athlete, but I feel like uh, Burrow's more throwing him open versus, you know, versus the space and, the, and attacking his zone, I guess.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, that's probably the... Second best quarterback receiver connection. If you're if you're talking Burrow and, and yeah, Chase, that's right? true. Like, it's a different level. It is know, a different level. Other than other than Mahomes and Kelsey, like is there a better connection? I mean, uh, you know, Tua, we can,
1: Tua and, and Tyreek.
0: I would say. Um. Yeah, but I don't. I think that's what I. I guess what I meant was chemistry wise. Okay. Um. I think that's just Hill's ridiculous athletic and and you know not to not to take anything away from Tua, um, but I I just think it's a little bit more um hills athleticism I mean, i'm not i'm not saying that's not up there but what if i'm talking just pure chemistry and knowing what the other guy's thinking then i'm going it's mahomes and kelsey and then it's probably burrow and, and chase you know i hear you um but anyway uh another fantastic connection that would you know we can't really leave off that list either is is hertz and a.j brown and eagles last night i tell you what man so you're to, not you're not upset about them feeding feeding it to AJ Brown now? Um, I mean I was never upset about them feeding it to AJ Brown. I still think it's there's the potentials there that they're that they're forcing it to keep keep all those mouths fed, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, fifteen fifteen targets last night. It worked out. I'm just saying, um you know, whatever. Let's see. Yeah, Goddard got five targets. Devonte Smith got five targets. So fifteen for AJ Brown. A- AJ got fifteen. A, huh? It didn't seem like that many. I know he was very involved, but um, no. But I I just don't think that you you ne- you know automatically want to force it to a receiver um or to any receivers and especially at the expense of again remembering who you are which is a running football team and the Eagles looked a little bit more like that last night but not entirely Um, but hey you know what if you're if you're gonna tell me the Eagles that Jalen Hurts can turn the ball over twice and the Eagles win by 14 points I mean if you're the Eagles you'll take that right yeah um, no definitely obviously some injuries on
1: on the other side for my oh, well
0: injuries on both sides I don't think that
1: um I mean they had i mean the Eagles had both their corners last night right they uh Jalen Carter was back um they're definitely the more healthy team last night, not taking away from from what they did. I mean, they just wore down the dolphins by the time it got to the fourth quarter uh they were just asserting their will they were running swift was getting eight nine yard chunks uh i mean he was getting you know five six yard chunks early early in the first half, but those turned into eight nine yard chunk chunks late. Uh, you could tell the Dolphins' defense was on the field for—I <laughs> don't know what the time of possession, you know, uh, discrepancy was—but it was a lot, and they—they uh, they were just tiring them down, and they were just asserting their dominance. Um, obviously, the tush push and stuff like that, but just—just just on, hey, we're going to run it up the middle, and <laughs> the Dolphins didn't have a have a way to stop that late.
0: Well. To that point, I mean the the touch push is basically creating extra possessions where, you know, for the Eagles where it's and that I guess that's kind of in a way that's partially how they're overcoming. Wow, you're right. The time of possession Eagles uh, 36-43. Yeah, and so they
1: I um, haven't watched a ton of Eagles, but uh, they were pretty methodical. They weren't they weren't rushing to the line. Um, I don't know if that if they're trying to throw off the high powered Dolphins offense by keep them, keeping them cold on the uh on the sidelines if if so I mean it worked obviously but yeah no uh the Philadelphia just (laughs) they just had the ball for the majority of the night and and they were efficient minus the two turnovers
0: um uh, they got it done yeah well I mean the turnovers were bad I mean it's it's hurts not you know not taking care of the ball it's like wow imagine what the Eagles can do if he if he does right because he has nine turnovers in seven games and nine touchdown passes uh he also has six touchdown runs, so let's be fair but um but yeah nine touchdown passes nine turnovers I think eventually that's gonna come back to uh, to hurt them at some point um you know it, like maybe I'm wrong you know if the eagles if the eagles stay healthy maybe maybe this is fine because maybe the all the all the touch push is is creating like i said it's creating extra possessions in a way.
1: And Sirianni is saying it's a, um, you know, it's a yard less that they have to worry about, right? They start at first and nine, which I thought yeah, was, well, you know, he's she's a cheesy guy, but uh, well, it's
0: cheesy, and I think it's stupid because I think it's basically, you know, daring all the other owners to be like, like we need to come up with a way to outlaw. It. Which I, I got to ask you that, what other than going back to the rule that they already, you know, they already said it was okay to help advance the runner, right? So how do you, you know, how do you outlaw? how do you outlaw the touch push I guess
1: because it's I think that's exactly how you do it I think you have to go revert back to saying
0: well it's stupid because now you got a like you got a guy in the open field you can't push him past the first down mark you know what I mean like no it's it's you know it's awesome football but it's um it's
1: kind of weird that they they took that rule back when they're trying to kind of uh you know player safety right um we talked Mike, about it. Mike was giving the air quotes. Yeah, air quotes. Yeah. I guess we're not on video yet, so uh thank you for that. But we we were talking about the tush push and and player safety. Uh, I think on the broadcast they said like one one guy
0: got hurt this week or something. I don't I don't know how you get hurt on that. I mean, I know how you get hurt. I mean it's like if if the entire pile is like pushing you onto one leg and, yeah. and your leg snaps or something, sure, but like there's risk on every play. Like, I I don't even see like a higher degree of risk on these plays. It's just like, yeah, like, you know, nasty, nasty shit happens in the pile sometimes. I don't know. Like I, I would really need to see some data. And for me, I think it's stupid because it's like, I think it comes down to more. It's, it's an unstoppable play, you know, you know, I'll get to that in a second where I don't think it's going to be unstoppable. It's not going to prove to be unstoppable, but right now it's pretty much unstoppable. And it's like, What? Where else have we ever said? Oh, this play is unstoppable, so we have to outlaw it. Like, oh, like yeah, it's dumb. Like, no, you're not allowed to throw a jump ball to Rob Gronkowski or Calvin Johnson in the red zone. Right? Like, yeah, that was unstoppable. You know, for the most part. Like, so, so you have to stop this on fourth and one. Like, figure it out. Because here's the other thing about that. A. I think Sirianni's overconfidence in this is going to eventually hurt the Eagles this year. I don't know when it could. Maybe it could be the Super Bowl
1: for all we know. So did you in, in real time? Did you like the decision to call a timeout no. and a twenty-seven yard line or something nope, along? No, no. It was
0: so it was from their own twenty-six and from their own thirty-seven, and I didn't like either one to be honest with you. And um, so I'll admit it. Like you know, good good for him. You know, but to me, it's walking the line between ballsy and stupid. Like you're gonna like you've been shutting the Dolphins down all night. Let's let's be let's be real. Penalties penalties that should have been called or not. We'll get into the officiating later on. Um, but really, in reality, your defense gave up ten points. Right. And you're giving
1: you're giving a high powered Miami offense. Uh, yeah, a, a very very short yeah, field. If it a sh- doesn't, very it. short
0: field, breathing life into them. It's, like, it's not. It's almost an automatic three points unless your
1: kicker has a bad day.
0: Yeah, on uh, from either of those spots. So like you know, I guess you can do the whole like yeah, I admire the courage to do it. Okay, but if they don't get it, he's Brandon Staley. So yeah, no, I, I don't. I didn't agree with it.
1: Uh, obviously, he looks like a genius you know converting it and he does it twice and they chewed talk about time of possession they chewed another like 4 minutes off of that drive um and and kind of asserted their will uh but yeah i mean i don't know how it gets stopped i i really don't so
0: that's uh, hang on keep talking because i'm going to i'm I'm looking up the rest of the Eagles schedule and i'll tell you who i think actually might be able to stop it
1: yeah i mean you you have to have a fantastic you know nose guard <laughs> If, you know, Albert Hainsworth was still in the NFL, somebody like that, just a guy who can clog clog the gaps. But well, it's, it's kind
0: of funny. So I don't, I don't remember what happened. Aaron we, Donald, uh, he could. You know, I, yeah, but his game's more quickness, I think. Yeah. So here's the thing is you and I just uh, just a few weeks ago, we were watching against the Bucks, and we watched one of these and we were like, mm, I don't think he got it. And they gave it to him. They gave him the spot, but we were both like, I don't think he got there. And most of these it's pretty yeah, it seems that. pretty obvious, yeah. right, and who do the bucks have Vita Vea and I think that's 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 it. It's just like you just you need the personnel so yeah and I, I hear what you're saying so looking at just looking at the schedule ahead, I don't remember if they had to run any against the commanders week one, but that I mean that's a d line that might be able to shut it down uh cowboys absolutely not they're very very light in the ass up front um chiefs uh, i don't Chris know jones. yeah but jones is jones is uh is is very tall though so i don't i don't really see i don't really see them being a team that's gonna stop it i didn't even realize the eagles had the chiefs in three weeks that's at yeah at, at kansas City. i did know there was a super bowl rematch yeah yeah um bills no 49ers not not really in the middle no that's like, no, more edge. um well, I mean, their, their pass rush from the middle is good, but I, don't, yeah. but I don't see any, like, nasty run stuffers. So Niners, Cowboys, Seahawks, no. Giants, Dexter Lawrence, maybe. Um, Cardinals, Giants again. So, so it's, it's only been – it's like
1: a 91%, 92% – oh, I say only, right, um, success rate. I haven't – so they've run it 40-something times. Have you seen it fail? I haven't seen it fail. I don't know when those two or three times where it failed
0: happened. Like I said, the 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 one but, against the Bucks, I right. felt like should have should have
1: been, but in the but, statistical category was successful.
0: Yeah. So uh, no, I can't I can't remember actually seeing one fail. But uh, coming back to the whole debate, which is going to be moot by this time next year because they're. They're gonna outlaw. It. It's gonna yeah, happen. Yeah, I mean, they already talked about doing um, it this year. Yeah, um, it's the no fun league, and so they will definitely ruin it. Um, but seriously, if you hate it, it's basically for me. It's like, so were you were you too small for o line? Were you too much of a pussy? Were you just too selfish? What what is it? Because if you are a lineman, you love this play. So I I don't know. I don't get it. Um, yeah,
1: going back to um, wide receivers, really quick though. Um, uh, one point on AJ Brown, we, we talked about him earlier. The way I describe how he plays, it it feels and it looks like he has oil all over him. Like when when somebody goes to tackle
0: him, they just they slide right off. The touchdown, it was like, yeah, it, he's obviously a stout dude. Like, I mean, I like, um, what was it? Yeah, actually, Jake. Yeah, Jake asked me, um, you know, is he the best Eagles receiver ever? Now, and I'm like, well, you know, like. Sometimes longevity has to come into that, and he hasn't been here very long. But like for this stretch, I mean, yeah. I mean, how do you, how do you really argue? Well, I mean, it's it? the best stretch any wide receivers ever had.
1: Five straight games with 125 yards. I think.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot of different ways to measure that, right? But like 125 is a yeah. It's a, it's a very yeah uh, yeah. You know, a, a, a something number. What's the word? Arbitrary. Um, but yeah, it, but I said the comp really is to like great deep threat but also great after the catch right. on, on shorter but like just basically there was no way to cover him there there was no way to play it the right way you know you you were going to you were damned if you do damned if you don't against TO and that's kind of how it feels with AJ Brown too because short game and the deep game he's
1: and that's how that's who same thing for the guy on the other side of the field right Tyreek Hill who got shut down I would say which is just hilarious to say when he caught 11 balls for 88 yards and had a touchdown but that's uh about i think 40 about 20 to 30 less than his season average
0: um especially since i mean i think a lot of people thought he was going to go over a thousand yards for the season in this game because the Eagles secondary is has been rough um but i did say this you know i said i said i you know i sat the fence only because of the injuries once i knew you know but I, you know, I, I texted Jake. I'll, I'll post a screenshot if I have to. I said 34 29 Eagles because I, I did think the Dolphins were going to scheme up a little bit more. You texted in the, me
1: that too. Yeah, like, yeah, I texted yeah, yeah.
0: you too. Yeah. Um, but I, I thought the Dolphins were going to scheme up a little bit more in the run game and be a little bit more effective in the run game. But I kind of knew this is what was going to happen with Tyreek Hill because anybody that can get to Tyreek Hill's quarterback with four neutralizes the scariest part of his game. Um, yes, good against you know good after the catch you know on shorter balls too but that's but that's not really his game and and as long as you can wait for other tacklers there was one i can't remember if it was a if it was a quick screen or if it was a reverse and basically the defensive back just kind of stood in front of him he was like i'm not gonna make a move i'm not gonna yeah, try he tricked
1: ju- 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 him out three times yeah it, but but and it was like two yards but yeah.
0: it, no he'll lost like three yards on the play yeah, i yeah. think like um just just waiting for help to get there. That's fine, you know. Like, but I will say
1: he did burn the secondary. Like that touchdown was. I I don't understand how. He, well, it's gonna happen eventually. I no, mean. but you say that, but I just don't understand. There's safety help. It was 29 yards, I think. He just runs by the the defender, which okay, that happens. But I don't know, I understand what the safety was doing there. It's such a short field to cover, and he literally just ran by him.
0: Well, they did just trade for uh, uh, Bayard from the yeah because of, the of Titans. course the.
1: You know, the the Eagles need more help defensively.
0: But Well uh, while they do in their defensive backfield, they're those corners aren't playing up to
1: up to their contract. It was Bradbury's first game back, right? From an injury and uh I believe. I believe
0: so. I don't know. But I know Slay hasn't been like elite or shut down or anything by any means. Um but yeah, um, but also like uh what's his name? Brown, uh safety has been out for a while and Maybe that as well Blankenship Chip was out as well. The Blankenship game, right? still has the ribs because of that, you know, um, <laughs> that yeah, vicious. Because of that dirty, dirty hit, um, <laughs> yeah. God, one guy wrote like, "Well, this is the, you know, this is the trade-off because you know, like all the all the hits that you know, all the, all the times defensive backs have to pull up and not hit wide receivers. Like, okay, so you want to just you want to play tit for tat." And just make the game softer and softer every time. Okay, no more chip blocks on defensive ends. And okay, okay. Well, now you know you're not allowed to uh, you're not allowed to tackle a running back. You know, below the knees. Like, like, is that the way you want this to go? Do you, Do you really want to like just keep going back and forth until we have fucking flag football? We'll get into that in a second. But um, yeah, Eagles. <laughs> Focus. <laughs> um, okay, so. You know, but honestly, on that drive, I thought the the biggest lapse, uh, huge play to make the game because this game could have gotten out of hand. And then Tua found uh, Cedric Will. It was third and eighteen. Yeah, that twenty nine yard dime and, on the like, right it was, on the sideline it was, like, that was uh, a beautiful catch. I, I think it was. Uh, I don't think it was improvised either. I think it was just a beautiful corner out, beautiful throw. Um, and the Eagles just didn't have it covered. So like, there are like if they can protect him and um you know I, I don't know but it, to me it comes down to so th- so that was actually the biggest lapse on that drive for me but a lot of this honestly comes down to me as i like i thought mcdaniel would scheme up the running game a little bit better as even though again they didn't have the personnel kendall lamb at left tackle uh i don't you know i don't remember who was at left guard replacing i because win was at left guard right it replacing. was either left or right i'm not sure which guard he was um, at, but then he got i think i think it was the whole left
1: side that yeah so um backup center too. Who, who yeah did you see the uh, bounce pass that Tua? that was that was pretty impressive the the center botched a shotgun snap went off his ass and it, it bounced and Tua just picked it up and threw it for a completion just like as cool as could be oh no i missed yeah. that i'm gonna
0: have to i'll have to go back to it um but anyway i thought the dolphins should have stuck with the running game a little bit more it's one of the best ways to slow down a tough pass rush um both by wearing them out and just keeping them honest and that's what you got to do with the Eagles that's what you got to do with, I mean again like like how did the Chiefs beat them last year it, it was it was Pacheco in the run game you know what i mean so that's really what it came down to um obviously yeah. obviously some big play i'm i'm not taking anything away from Holmes Kelsey had a good game all that but i'm saying like the reason that the openings were there was Pacheco in the run game so um yeah so anyway, so the, you know, but again, two turnovers, Eagles still win by two touchdowns.
1: Um Yeah. Hassan Reddick just blew up the run game early. And it just like, cause they want, they want to do that outside zone. And he was just there. Like th- I think three runs in a row, just blew it up like negative two, zero. And let's say maybe a yard.
0: Yeah, And don't discount that. I mean, because it's because of what they have inside too. Yeah. Where, you know what I mean? Like, like it, I'm not saying Reddick isn't playing the run well there, but it's because bouncing it back inside isn't even an option because it's Jordan Davis, Fletcher Cox, Carter, no, 100%. all one hundred percent. You
1: see the Dolphins do the one cut all the time and go back, and yeah.
0: it wasn't an option. You're right. Um, but anyway, um, so yesterday – so, you know, that, that was the game of the day yesterday. That was the big one. Um, but it's just a funny thing to me. So it was National Tight End Day yesterday. We've been hearing that. I, I feel like it's like come to prominence in the last couple of years. Yeah. So we t- we tried to look it up, and basically it comes down to as simple as George Kittle just made it up on the sideline. He was caught on caught on Mike in 2018 in a game against the Lions. Yeah, and he just he said, said it this to is Brent Selleck, I believe. Yeah. Oh, okay, For, former Eagle. There you go. Um, so. So it's National Tight End Day, and now and now it's a thing. It's a big thing, and uh, and I'm not mad at it because it's a very unique position. Because you know what I mean. I guess all you know, obviously, all the positions are un- unique in their own ways. But tight ends interesting because it's it's a position that's asked to be a wide receiver on some plays, and then asked to be an inline blocker on another. And I don't know. That's uh, yeah, it's the most hybrid position in all of football. And I mean, yeah, I mean it's like you know. What traditional linebackers, which might be making a comeback to a certain degree, um, you know, traditional linebackers might become coming, But but they were their counterpart. Right. Right. Um. So, no. So, yeah. National tight end day. So I thought, you know, like we could go through a quick list here, you know, open to a little bit of debate. But I think we agree on the top two spots Um, for the top 10 just tight ends ever. Um, you know why? Why do why do top ten tight ends in the league? When it you know it basically it comes down to Kelsey and Kittle right now, right? Like, is there really anybody else in that conversation right now? Uh, Mark uh, Andrews probably deserves some respect there. Yeah, I think Andrews is is below both of those two, but I yeah Andrews is in that conversation. That's true. Um, well, yeah, I guess Andrews would be in that conversation now. Um, but anyway, so we're we're doing we're doing all time though, and we're probably both uh a little bit recency biased there are some i mean there's the the Mike Dickas and the and the John Mackeys. right right from you know you know from the from the black and white days but anyway so i i number one i got to go Gronk it's just like he didn't quite have the longevity as some of these guys on this list and he did miss some time with injuries but when he was on the field man he's he's just a big part of you know Brady, Chapter Two. I yeah, guess Two or so like, Three. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. I mean, really, he was there for Chapter Three. Yeah, three, he right? was. Um, yeah. But Grom- yeah, no, his
1: just his impact in the game is something you don't see out of. I mean, wide receivers, really. I mean, I guess you can name a couple, Randy Moss and and Jerry Rice, but just his way to impact a game is
0: is you know very very rare. I mean, how many dudes, like, I know his personality ended up playing into it, you know, like, you know, what you know his fame and 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 oh like, i don't watch film oh, like, yeah, you know which just mean which just shows you how much more physically dominant he was cuz he would just be like tom throw a ball i go get ball like you know <laughs> tom tell me where to be i be there i catch which i don't know if i totally buy it cuz that's, no, a, I, I, he, that's yeah, a, he has to be intelligent that's a, i don't know about that but <laughs> but that's a football, football family intelligence. It's like, no it's I'm, a football family yeah yeah it's a you know so um i think Gronk knew how to play the game too but that being said, um, I don't know, man. I just, I just don't think there's anybody that intimidated. There's not a lot of dudes in the NFL that actually intimidate opponents. I mean, they're all professionals, you know what I mean? I feel like Gronk was le- legitimately intimidating, like a like a Derrick Henry in his prime, or you know what I mean? Yeah, like, like how are you going to tackle him?
1: Yeah, like seriously, how are you going to tackle? I him?
0: mean, just some of his highlight runs is there's just there's just nobody there's else. Like, like it. Legitimately
1: draped on on his hips, and he's just running.
0: And again, obviously, phenomenal blocker. So yeah, that's that's and that's a and huge willing, part of this. And willing too, willing, yeah, like enthusiastic blocker. There's, there's going to be a few more on the list that, you know, I, I'm kind of surprised at myself, you know, because a lot of these guys are receivers. And speaking of, and I'll even I'll even concede this, Kelsey still has a chance to pass Gronk. Absolutely, gets himself another ring. He keeps producing like this for he two, does. you know, he does. one or I two mean, more. He's
1: 34 and he just put up, what, 140 something, I think. Uh, one, no, 179.
0: 179. On, on national tight yeah, end? No. Yeah, Um Yeah. I know. Yeah. And uh, all this, like, oh, he's, he's playing even better because of, cause of uh, T-Swift. It's so. like, no, he was injured at the beginning of the year. That's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. why he wasn't putting up the godly numbers. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, I, I absolutely think, you know, Kelsey, when it's all said and done, because he is a great athlete. When he's asked to block, he's a good blocker. He's not a he's not a, a terrifying uh, road grading blocker, but he's a very – He's gotten better. He's an effective he blocker. W- I yeah. don't
1: think he really wanted to. I have him at three on my list. Just a small, small step back from – Oh, who's number two for you? I have uh, Tony Gonzalez. We talk about longevity. I think, you know, he's the staple of that at that position. Um, what's that? No oh, ring? No, no ring. ring? Yeah, I mean, you know – you're, you're a product of your environment, and you're using, <laughs> using Atlanta for a while, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, Kansas City, Atlanta. I mean, yeah,
1: that, that's true. He was with Kansas City, but he was with Kansas City when they were bad,
0: right? Sorry, man. The ring, the ring gets you points, and and uh, and Tony Gonzalez is on my list. But actually, I'm going to get I'm I'm going a couple more guys with rings first. Uh, three more guys with no two. So Shannon Sharp was so a little before your time. I think like his, his prime was basically the year of your birth. So. Yeah. Yeah. A guy I didn't um, see a lot, of, but, you know, obviously know of his dominance. You, he, he, he you, know, a, him, you know him as, as first-take guy, not, Club, not Club, elite. No,
1: I know. Well, now he's first-take guy. I know him as, I did. Yeah. It is sad to say that I do know him as, uh, uh which, what's Skip's, <laughs> I can't even think of Skip's show right now. Uh, Undisputed. Right? Oh, yeah. Undisputed, yeah. So that's yeah. what I think of him as, you know, Club Shay Shay now with the podcast. But, um, yeah, I mean two hundred and twelve, I think, right? Yards in a game. The most by tight end ever, just pure dominance.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, you yeah, look at you going with the stats. Um wow, is that really the most ever for a
1: tight end? Yeah, because uh they were talking about it yesterday with hmm. uh with
0: Kelsey on 'cause Kelsey was getting yeah, close. I think it's I think it's two twelve. Let me let me look it up. I'd buy that. Um so then another guy, uh so Jimmy Graham. Talk about it. So Tony Gonzalez in a in a in a way he he changed the game a lot too. Um he changed the position a lot. But Jimmy Graham <laughs> literally um was he was split out wide so often to go out and just win those jump balls because he's six seven and and just a basketball player playing yeah. tight end. Um, that he literally got there was a contract dispute when they when they franchise tagged him. He's like, I should be franchise tagged as a wide receiver. I tell you the truth, I don't remember who won the battle. I don't remember.
1: Yeah, because you're right. That was like, tw- yeah, 29,
0: 2010-ish, right? It was a while ago. Yeah. And um, uh, and that's – and that's but he was really – I don't want to say like the first ever, but he was the first to do it at such an elite level where he was split out wide so often and doing it effectively. So, yeah, so that's Jimmy Graham at number four for me. I raise you a basketball player with another, Antonio Gates. Who is actually number five on my list, so there you go. Um yeah, and and Gonzalez is a basketball player too. Yeah. Honestly, most of these guys are probably power forwards, but Gronk <laughs> could have posted people uh, up. Yeah. Um But yeah, so I, I have Gonzalez at 7, but Gates at 5. And yes, no ring. Um actually the next 3 no ring cause it so it goes Excuse me, four. It goes Gates, Kittle, Tony Gonzalez, and then Ben Coates. So that's even literally before you were uh before you were born. But he was on that first Patriots Super Bowl team. Um, another very willing blocker. Uh, great, is, great jerseys. That's what I associate with that,
1: with that so era of Patriots. Oh, those,
0: yeah, that time frame, and uh, yeah, that's that's the Parcells era. Yeah, so uh, one of Drew Bledsoe's favorite targets, and yeah, like you know, it might be a little bit of a. He's honestly one of the first players I just remember watching play as a kid. Like going back, I don't, I can't remember if it was one of our practice podcasts, but I told you about the first football game I remember watching, like on TV and paying attention. I was seven years old and the Patriots won. They beat the Bengals seven to two. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and yeah. And, we played,
1: we played Guess That Score.
0: Yeah. I, I did was, not get it. It was Plateau's rookie year. Um, it must have been fairly early in Ben Coates' career. Uh, Parcell's first year with the, with the Patriots is, and, um, and both of those teams were god awful. They were probably, well, yeah, twenty-nine and thirty in the NFL at that time because this is even am um, yeah, I'm recalling this is, I'm this recalling is pre-Jaguars
1: this, and Panthers. I'm recalling this conversation now because I was like, that was probably the Chris Collins worth era, but I think it was a few years uh after the chris collins oh what
0: why did they pull up like it was a corner collinsworth's first game oh don chula's uh 325th win oh okay they and, and collinsworth called the game and oh, they, right, showed, right. they showed a super they're young like, chris like, you know that this guy is yeah. a, oh that's me <laughs> <laughs> um okay yeah let's round it let's finish up this list though um okay so i got another one uh that you won't remember i don't think jay novacek you know th- those uh those early '90s Cowboys. It was all about the triplets. It was Aikman. It was Smith. It was Michael Irvin. But Jay Novacek was like the ultimate safety valve. Yeah, and, not a name I remember. Yeah, and just another. I mean, because as an Eagles fan as a kid, I hated the Cowboys, and Novacek Novacek would kill him. You know what I mean? He, yeah, he was a. Uh, he he was more of a, a throwback tight end. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, and definitely a blocker, and but you know, reliable receiver. You know. You know, maybe I should give honorable mention to uh, Jason Witten since we're talking Cowboys too. Jason Witten's close to to being on this list.
1: Yeah, just you you say reliable. That's the you know that's what he was. Third down and eight, you're going to Jason Witten on a
0: curl route, and you're going to get it. And then uh, Dallas Clark, kind of more of a he was the uh, he was just a big receiver, which is kind of how I used to characterize Kelsey. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely, definitely not a guy you just you know wanted you know, mashing on the line, on, the point, line yeah. on, on inside zone or anything. But, um, and I'm giving honorable mention to Zach Ertz just, uh, completely out of favoritism because, uh, you know, he caught the winning touchdown pass against the Bay- but come on, he was good. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely didn't have like a, I mean, he's still on the
1: Cardinals, but not sustained success, but his prime was very good.
0: Yeah. He had a, I mean, he had a stretch of what, five or six yeah. very good years. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, Mary Julia, it's good for him. Right. So yeah. Yeah um and that was talking tight ends and that, that and that was our our top 10 tight end with uh with a couple of honorable mentions and uh because i totally i totally spaced it on national tight end day you know as far as our social media presence yesterday but uh oh well um mike what the hell's wrong with the bills or or i guess i should say yay the patriots won Yeah, like, eh, no uh it's more the bills uh that's that's <laughs> the storyline here
1: um it's just, it's turnovers, right? Uh, J- Josh Allen just still not making great decisions. I, I see a meme going around on the internet. It's just like, Josh, you know what Josh Allen's problem is? He's as good as the other team that he's facing. And it, I think it holds some weight in my mind. Like the more that I think about it, it's just like he can go toe to toe with the Mahomes in the right scenario. But he does seem to have some trouble, uh, especially this year with subpar teams like i mean uh no way the Bills should lose to the patriots no No,
0: absolutely not and i the honestly yes Allen kind of playing down to the competition kind of holds a little bit of water with me but then explain the dolphins game you know what i mean right i mean they ran over them and that's honestly that's the other thing about it is how did that bill's defensive line not just just ransack the, the Patriots,
1: Patriots. The Patriots were averaging, I think, like seventy-five rushing yards a game going into this game, and they had like more. They had more than that, I believe. If if it wasn't by halftime, it was it was early. Did dirt. they?
0: I, I actually, I looked at the. I thought I looked at the rushing totals, and it, it wasn't that good for the Patriots. But um, I mean. I'm, I, I'm,
1: I'm, I'm visualizing the graphic now. It was like 89, and they averaged 75. I don't know how much they finished with. Maybe they went away from it. I mean, they obviously had to go away from it. Uh, I know the last drive, the game-winning drive by Mac, was what, six for seven, 54 yards and a touchdown.
0: Uh, 96 rushing yards. Okay, um, so 20 more than they, they usually well, get. Well, and 20 of it was on a, apparently an end or or yeah, reverse to, to DeMario D- D- Douglas, that's, that's so. right. Ramondre nine carries thirty four yards. Right. Ezekiel yeah, thir- eleven for thirty one. So they stuck with it, which you you know give him a little bit of cr- that might be part Zeke, of. Zeke got a lot of tough yards in between the tackles. Like he was he was falling forward, getting that extra yard or two. Like that's not a good average per carry, nah. but but there is something to be said for sticking with the run. And again, it's body blows. It does wear
1: teams down. It's the Patriots' offense, which has not looked good at all. I think I said earlier in the season uh, about. if they're not in the two-minute offense their scripted offense just does not look good and I think that was the case again on Sunday Um, you would think
0: at this point they would just go tempo more yeah
1: no I don't understand why they don't because Mac looks super comfortable in the tempo I mean I just rattled it off like he had a good game but his most impressive drive was the game-winning drive and he had another completion he would have been seven for eight for like 60 I mean you know were not not huge difference, but it was uh they they called a defensive holding, so they they took it because it was down at the one, so it gave them a first down before that game winning touchdown to
0: to Kizaki. but um this is just wild to me. The Bills I, are frauds. Bills, I think the Bills are just frauds. <sighs> no, I don't, I'm not. I'm not ready to go there yet. You know they, again they went away. It, like I mean the Bills the Bill it was this was a one possession game all the way down. Right. It was so. Remember, I kind of said this, right? I said, Josh Allen, you know, they'll stick with the run if they've got the lead, so on and so forth, right? If if they're, you know, front running, basically. You know what I mean? Yeah. But they won't stick with the run if it's a close game and the game's in question, and they'll ask Allen to do too much, right? So, in this one, Josh Allen's seven carries, 17 yards, ended up with a touchdown, and then, but they only handed it off to James Cook, so they gave it to Cook 13 times, they gave it to Murray 4 times. They did involve Cook was a a threat in the passing game. What he finished with uh receiving. I know he had one big catch. 3 for 45 and a touchdown, yeah. yeah. But my point being is again not like look at the Patriots, a team that should have given up 9 sacks yesterday based on what we knew about these teams coming into the game, right? Mm-hmm. And they allowed one sack and four quarterback and and four hits on Mac Jones. That's it. And Mac, and you got Mac Jones talking about, well, if I've got time, I I can read the field, you know, <laughs> like, like he said that, he literally said that after the game. So, um, <laughs> there's something to be said for just sticking with the run, man. 20, you know, the, the Patriots 20 carries, even though it wasn't working at all, you know what I mean? Like just keep going, keep going back to it because yeah, it, even though second and eight isn't as good as second and six or, you know, I don't know. And I would have Mac Jones throwing on first down more often too, but.
1: Yeah. They're too predictable. They're too predictable in their offense, but, um, yeah, I don't know, like going back to the Eagles dolphins game again, like I watching that game, I know you say that the dolphins need to run it more, even though it's not successful. I disagree with you because, uh, you look at the, like them in particular, just to go back to them really quick. Uh, the Eagles started to get home in the fourth quarter. Once they knew it was passing situations, right? Um, the, the pass rush was was getting to two almost every play um well, yeah, that's kind of my
0: point if you if you if, if you, you sprinkle if you,
1: if in the run, no, I'm not saying abandon abandon the run altogether, but you can't get into third and fourteen because then you know it's
0: a you no, it's, it's not going to be third and fourteen. it's gonna <laughs> The way be, the Dolphins were running, it, it's, it's going to be third been. and eight, which you have the capability to pick up. I mean, yeah, it's still it, it's still not ideal, but like the reason the Eagles were murdering them at the end is because they knew it was a pass every play because they had to score two touchdowns. I mean, like that was that that's the outlier situation. I'm saying earlier in the game, this that was the key to the game was McDaniel finding a way to run the football. Even though they knew that the Eagles like find find the weakness. And maybe there isn't one. Because the Eagles are just good in the front seven. It's not just the D line. It's the linebackers too. That Cunningham guy. Like I don't know where the hell he came from. He was in probably Georgia. Like, yeah, probably. <laughs> but um so going back to that, no, I mean I'm telling you, it's it's body blows. It wears the defense down, it keeps the D linemen honest. I mean, you gotta think about this too. The more the more pass rushes a guy a guy gets against an offensive tackle too. The offensive tackles are are, are bigger dudes. It's you know, it's harder to you you got to do that that many times and then a, and then a pass rushers set you up over and over and over again for the big move. You know what I mean? But that doesn't happen when you're going back to the running game, even when it's not even when it's not getting you four yards a pop. So I don't know. I'll give the I'll give the Patriots some credit here. And do I think the Patriots are going to win? Well, Bill O'Brien loves inefficient
1: offense, apparently. So (laughs) (laughs) he was he was having a day.
0: (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I I think uh, if you're a Patriots fan, you should be rooting for more of that, even if it's not. Uh, Yeah, I want more. I want more up tempo,
1: and I'm I'm okay with you know the run. I'm I'm okay with sticking with the run for the Patriots 100. percent I just need more up tempo. I need Mac Jones to have quick yeah. reads, and then he's good. But if he doesn't, twelve
0: minutes left in the second quarter, you can go tempo, and you can you can go tempo yeah. and hand the ball. Off. You can. That's, I 100 so, percent agree.
1: Yeah, and I think the Dolphins do that really well, and they didn't do it against the Eagles.
0: And I, yeah, and that's another thing that that's another thing they should have done. And I think just more
1: again and that goes back to the the Eagles just you know methodically lining up and and. <laughs> snapping at one and and doing all that. I think that they went into that game knowing the Dolphins wanted to play up tempo and they were going to take that away.
0: All right. So, uh, anyway, speaking of speed, so Lamar, Lamar Jackson's been a, you know, pretty contentious debate uh, between us. And so, um, obviously as the Ravens destroy the Lions, what was the final 38 to six? Yeah. Is that that where we ended up with? um, but you a know, lot to a little, but yeah, and the game was over in the first half. It was twenty-eight nothing at halftime, um, and we just we saw to me we saw what the what the Ravens' offense can be, and so like what I saw was a lot of big windows that Lamar was throwing into. They weren't difficult throws. They weren't high degree of difficult, and that's not a knock on him. Um, what I'm saying is is when. The Lions, it looked like, came into the game saying, "We're not going to let Lamar beat us with our le- with his legs," and so you so you just ended up with a lot of a lot of big windows to throw into, and that's that's a credit to Lamar because that's how much of a threat he is. He has to so he has to execute with those. Now I'm saying if you have a D line that can get to Lamar with four and is actually athletic enough to contain those runs, and you have seven in coverage, I don't think Lamar is going to thrive. And I think that that's been we've seen that over and over again, um, but that but that that it didn't was not seem... the case. Yeah, yesterday
1: I, I get what you're saying. Um, I think the offense is starting to the Ravens' offense is starting to click a little bit, um, which and... could be
0: true because we, as far as we know, the Lions' defense is for real. We haven't. Had yeah, they other... were they were
1: terrible last year, and then they fired their like defensive back coach, and that's the only change they made, and then they became really good. Yeah. it was really weird, um, and they've been really good up until this week. Uh, I think w- like we talk about scripted plays with the Patriots not working, uh, the scripted plays with the Ravens, sir, like the first, you know, 10 or whatever that they ran, you know, they stuck to the game plan. One of their first plays was a RPO where it was a zone read and it was just a, I don't know if it was a slant or a post or whatever. Uh, Lamar took it, it was like 1420 left in the first quarter. And, The receiver ran it just by the first line of of first layer of defense and in between the second, and he just side armed it and you know zinged it in right there. And I think it was Zay Flowers for a catch and run at like 20. And that just set it up for the rest of the day. Uh, Lamar ran in the first touchdown of the game when they when they started to bite and and stay in coverage. And he's like, okay, I'll I'll run it now. But I think you're right. I think they were like, we're not gonna let you beat us with your legs. For the most part, and Lamar was like, "Okay, I will take these open windows." And I completed at over seventy percent for the year. Like I can dink and dunk and and hit the open man. And uh, I think the receivers are starting to gain confidence. Obviously, Zay Flowers is a rookie. Odell is starting to look better coming off the injury. Um, I'm not high on Bateman, but uh, he had a he had a decent game as well.
0: So. Well, yeah, I mean, if he's a fourth or fifth option, then, uh, then yeah, they no, it's do a good a, it, you know
1: explosive.
0: You know, if if your third guy's explosive, that's a good thing to have. So, and you know, you bring up the completion percentage and if they're make, you know, again, if they're going to keep making easy, giving him easier reads and easier throws to make and everything like that, the only problem with that is that wouldn't be, I guess that wouldn't be my game plan against Lamar. I would make, I would make him beat me. Um, uh, sorry. No, that the lions tried to make him beat, beat them passing the ball on it and it didn't work out. Um, so honestly, like the Lions' gameplay, I guess like once Lamar was hot, though, it was time to change things up. It didn't seem like they changed quickly enough. And honestly, maybe it's because they didn't have time. Because to the Ravens' defense, their credit, they forced three and out on the on the Lions' first series. The game was over really fast. Yeah, they had like um, they had like twenty yards on their first nine plays. The um, Lions yeah, sixty five total yards in the first half. <laughs> Um, but, yeah, they didn't get a first down until, I don't think, the second quarter. Um, on Rob St. Brown was their entire offense, essentially. Yeah, 19 targets or something like that. It was crazy. Um, and, yeah, so, like, a lot of times I talk about teams getting away from who they And I would even say that with the Lions. Again, they were down 21 nothing early. And so you start panicking and thinking you need offense. But stick with who you are because, to me, Lamar has shown a tendency to put the football on the ground, throw interceptions. Like, he doesn't take care of the football. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, whatever. That's 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 pretty uh, hypothetical. But my point being is that I feel like it was too early, and y- you don't want Jared Goff dropping back 58 times in a I, game, which is what happened here, even if you're down big.
1: I think if David Montgomery is in this game, I think they, they go more run. Um, I know you're saying establish it no matter who's in there. I don't think they really trust Craig Reynolds to run up the middle a lot. They had him out wide a lot. And Jameer Gibbs got, you know, I don't know how many touches he got, but – uh, he ran one in. He, he had their only touchdown. Uh, he was somewhat involved, but, um, again, uh, going back to Gibbs, uh, I, I put him in that A-chan mold where, like, you don't want to give him too too many touches. Explosive guy, you don't really want to run him up the middle 15 times. You know?
0: So, to your point, though, is, you know, maybe maybe it is wrong. Maybe I do want Lamar Jackson to beat me, try and beat me with his legs because – it's kind of like Jalen Carter said about what did he say? Like you know, speed can beat physicality, but physicality can hurt speed. Or, right. Is it, he I said, didn't hear that one. That's so cool he quote. said, well, he said something along those lines. Um, but yeah, I mean, a couple of couple of shoulder pads in the thigh uh, that'll slow Lamar down. You know what I mean? And the thing is, is when quarterbacks start getting into running mode i don't know i I almost i would almost want to like play the mind game and be like okay if you want to run on us but you know this is what's going to happen and and again you want to call me dirty whatever but yeah maybe maybe we maybe we accept a an unnecessary roughness that's a bullshit penalty that would never get called on a running back but yeah we're going to hit you and then you know that that changes things for quarterbacks you know what i mean so i don't know um it just like it seemed like the game got out of hand way too fast for the Lions, and they and they literally didn't have enough time on the sideline to adjust, going three and out three different times, and you know, and then the by the by that time the game was over. Do I think the Lions are this bad? No, um, probably just the wrong game plan, and 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 Lamar was executing against it, and and again, give the Ravens defense credit for getting off the field the entire first half. so. Yeah, yeah, this this looks like the Ravens team
1: that I uh, I envisioned when I said I think that they'll be the afc representatives i looked pretty silly for the first you know five or six weeks but uh if if they can keep this up i mean they'll they'll give the chiefs name your afc team that you you out you see dolphins they'll give them a game um well excuse me sir but the steelers
0: are four and two so (laughs) i'm not worried about the steelers if i'm the ravens neither am i i can't like i mean who have they beat i mean other than the ravens who have they beat i don't know whatever I, i i don't believe in the steelers either um speaking of teams we don't believe in does does anyone want to win the NFC South you think like what a
1: what a disaster I don't think they do and I don't think anybody really wants to win the AFC South either
0: um that's a different discussion yeah it's, and, and it's the same discussion at the same time <laughs> um but yeah in the NFC South so now the Falcons after their last minute field goal to win uh Desmond Ritter or- orchestrating the game-winning drive um now the falcons are plus 110 to win the division saints are plus 200 bucks plus 275 i'm going bucks there i'm going bucks all day
1: i'm Um, almost getting three to three to one on my dollar with with that defense and i i trust baker i
0: really do i i think Baker's going to be all right and and the baker evans connection is working out i i uh i don't know it was a terrible game i don't know how the bucks lose though ritter lost three fumbles in that game (laughs) that's i mean that's terrible um but i just I, I you know i don't really trust anyone that much and but who's the best quarterback in that division it's baker so um i don't know i think i think they'll start fi- the i guess you know the bucks have some issues on the o line that they got to figure out and maybe they but who gets to play the uh, panthers i'm sure the falcons probably get to play the panthers twice i don't know if the
1: other two too other two do um at this point in the season i'm sure that bakes into the odds a little bit too are oh, you saying
0: they were, it was uh, they've already played the Panthers?
1: I, i'm not sure if they have or not but i'm just you know off the top of my head i'd imagine that the bucks have probably paid, played the panthers once already yeah de- based off of those odds
0: it definitely helps um oh the panthers were off this week huh i was trying to find them to find their schedule
1: yeah uh Jeez, I think we talked about the Panthers last episode, but what a bad position to be in. You're the worst team in football, and you and don't you own the... Don't, you don't have your first You don't ever. own the rights to your own draft pick. Like, oh, what a uh, what a mess.
0: Hang on. I'm still looking for the Panthers' schedule. No worries. Um,
1: but, yeah, I mentioned the AFC South. Same thing. I mean, Texans looked good at first. They're kind of... You know,
0: I think the Texans were off this week as well. Um, Actually, it's only the Bucks that get to play the Panthers twice. But, oh, wow. one, but one of them's last game of the season. Maybe the Panthers could be playing spoiler on the Bucks. Um Yeah. I don't, I don't think the Panthers can play anything at this point. No, no. I think, you know what? Yeah, I think the Panthers could be set up to play spoiler at home against the Bucks last game of the season, January 7th mark mark it down i'm sure that'll be flexed to the uh sunday night game or whatever. yeah yeah um anyway. i'm
1: sure chris collinsworth would be would love to call
0: that one all right what are we doing i don't know why we're even wasting time on this division <laughs> ah, i mean you know the falcons were fun they, they, i guess they still are but you know even though free free john robinson yeah exactly Get you know I, that was weird i don't know what that was all about um so, uh, Emmanuel Acho, um, uh, the analyst uh, at Fox Sports, has a interesting, to say the least, take on Caleb Williams and his future, uh, his near future. So, with so Acho uh, posted, was this? It, it, this might be the day after they lost to Utah, or or immediately after they lost to Utah, with national championship hopes gone, Caleb Williams. Should consider sitting out the rest of the season. The Heisman is a long shot. College football playoffs are even less likely, and he won't play in the bowl game. Uh, the risk of playing far outweighs the reward. And I, I gotta say, um, first of all, like, do do you really believe this? You know, Emmanuel. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like, do you really believe that that's the case? As, uh, how can you be a football fan? <laughs>
1: It's tough too because he, I mean Caleb Williams hasn't looked good in in the last two or three weeks, and that's the that's the latest you want to put on film. You don't want to write no. those wrongs. The, in, the the arrows pointing down here. Yeah, exactly. You don't want you don't want the tre- you don't want to be trending downward before you heading in before you head into the NFL draft process. Obviously, we've talked about it. Scouts get woed on pro days, and obviously, you know I don't want to discredit Caleb Williams. College career. He's had a fantastic college career. He won the Heisman last year, deserved it. Um, had a good start to this year, too. Again, is that some of that Lincoln Riley? That's, you know, that's a conversation we've had and I think is is worth having. But regardless, the numbers are there. Right. But he hasn't looked good these last couple of weeks. Um, three, three. Weeks. Yeah, three. It's three now. You're right. Yeah, because it was two going into Utah. And it's just like, is this the is this the kind of message you want to send about who you are as as a football player as a person when things are going bad you're just gonna okay
0: time to time to give up so now. yeah yeah let's let's uh let's come back to Williams for a second and just like I wonder how many people actually support this take from uh, Emmanuel Acho though right because and I <laughs> like and I kind of question if he so you know what I mean if he supports it because at this point as we have learned you know what I mean I everything I post like yes we're we're looking to to generate some social media presence, right? You know what I mean. I, I, I'm looking for things that do stimulate debate, sure. But I, I don't post takes that I don't believe in, and I just like. But like, do you really believe that? You know, and and the thing is, though, is he did double down on it. Okay, <laughs> and so his, uh, so he tweeted out five hours ago. Yeah, seven twenty four p.m. Uh, on the twenty third. Um, so it, it's a, uh, it's his. The dictionary definition selfish adjective lacking consideration for others, concerned chiefly with one's own personal profit or pleasure. Like he's uh, so he said, so here you go. If you don't think Caleb Williams should at least, in you know, highlighted, consider sitting out, maybe you're the quote unquote selfish one, <laughs> dude. I so you're gonna give up on your
1: team. Uh, you you yeah. want where you want, okay. So I'm not, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say that about Caleb Williams. Emmanuel Acho, you want Caleb Williams to give up on his team? That's not selfish.
0: Yeah, I mean, sorry, dude. This is a team sport. It's like, like if you if you're, I mean, I, I think uh, I don't know tennis or something even comes down to it. But like, let's say, let's say they were draft picks for tennis teams or like <laughs> or I, yeah, the, the bad example, but I, I don't know because even like I, I think about like wrestling, but even wrestling's a team sport. You know what I mean? Like even though you're individual but you're scoring points for your team so I get like I can't even think of a of a of a great comp where it would be like okay if you want to sit out the rest of your college career you know just because of the risk of injury like if Caleb Williams had a knee injury right now and he was playing through it it'd be like okay that's a little different you know it's like do I, I I would I still wouldn't agree with it but it wouldn't get me to the point that I'm at now where if Caleb Williams, I would, I would be okay with it if he had a knee
1: injury but You know, but then that opens up the door of phantom phantom knee
0: injuries. Well, uh, well, exactly. That That, and not only that, but okay, you'll play through pain for the Heisman and for the national championship, but you won't play through pain to get back in the top 10. And And get a New Year's Six Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's still like, do you care about the program? And the doctors are
1: saying it's going to hurt you. Long term, I'm okay with that. But if if they're just if you're just playing, no. But through again, but pain, you but you were yeah.
0: but you were okay. But again, like yeah, it's like a you know his meniscus is a little messed up, and so he's playing through it again for his for for the Heisman, you know, to get back in the Heisman talk and to and and for a national championship. But he won't do it. Like I don't know. I I'm not okay with that, and um or I, or I'm not as okay with with that. But it's even worse. Like you said, if we're talking about phantom injuries or if we're just you know and i I think more guys probably will do that too They're, well it's be.
1: it's become a trend to kind of sit out of bowl games. Acho's right in that
0: in that regard, you know no right, and I don't agree with that either I, like look, I get it I, I know you're risk you're risking your career, you're risking money, everything like that. Well, I don't know man, like what have you been playing all this time for? Like, is this all really just an illusion? Is the whole team sport thing like not real? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, like I, I'm sorry. Like, you know what I, Acho is saying is, I I've created this. You, oh, it's for me. It's it's for me and my illusion of team sports. It's like I don't know. There isn't any loyalty to programs anymore. Guys are transferring in and out and everything like that. So that's why it would be okay. Caleb Williams wasn't a USC guy. It's not like it's not like you know USC. You know. Raised him and made him what he is, right? Not you know. Not at all, so, yeah. but I tell you what, I'll just I'll just say this: there, are, I wouldn't immediately take a lot of guys right off my board automatically. Anyway, without looking into it and finding out who was giving him advice and things like that, um, in the draft process, I I wouldn't immediately just take him off my board if I heard that at quarterback, I would. Because the thing is, quarterback, you you have to be above all of that. And it needs to be your decision. And if people are giving you that advice, because it is bad advice, no matter what position you play. But if you're a defensive lineman, like, I mean, we've both played football. We know that's where you put the dumb kid that is kind of athletic, you know, big and athletic. And if he's small and athletic, you put him in a corner. Like, that's where you put the dumb kids. You know what I mean? So, like – and it's not any different even at the college level. Like, yeah, there are exceptions at every position, but D linemen are usually dumb. Okay. So that, all that being said, um, quarterbacks, no, they need, to be, they need to be above that. That's all I can say. Because once you get to the pros, you've got the media to deal with. You, obviously, you need to be a leader. We've seen guys that have all, all the skills. I think Carson Wentz is a great example. But he didn't have the leadership skills. He didn't have the personality to do it. He didn't have the locker room, and I think that was – you know what I mean? He was, Russell Wilson, <laughs> like not a guy that everybody wanted to play for. When Russell Wilson knew his place, what he was – I don't want to say game manager, but he wasn't – you know, he wasn't the superstar. He wasn't the linchpin of the team. I think right. a lot of people thought he was, but that turned out to not be the case, right? Um, so I don't know. So, yeah, if Caleb Williams does this, I'm out. Uh, off my board that's crazy i think
1: um i get what you're saying i would still definitely draft him um i, I wouldn't so
0: you buy into the like i mean to me
1: i don't know i've heard, I mean, he's, not, I've heard like, uh, he's not completely off my board is what i'm saying do i invest a top 10 pick in him probably not
0: well then he's going to be gone so why so why even have him on your board
1: well i'm just saying you know if if 32 general managers thought the way that you did right then you could try to get him and you're never gonna get Caleb blooms in the second round. But in this theoretical, right? Everyone's like, whoa, character problems, like flag, flag, flag. You gotta take you gotta take skill at, at okay. a certain point. Okay. You're saying, you know, if you pass okay, up fine. on him as fine. a top five pick, then you're you know, he's gone, which is which is the correct
0: you know, that's reality. But I'm saying in this Okay, if I can get Caleb, you know, if I'm sitting there at twenty-five and I already have a quarterback to start in front of him for a year and you know bring him into that situation okay sure i probably take caleb williams but like but no like first overall second overall no like if he he does this i'm I'm not taking him first or second overall absolutely not i'm with you so off the board you're, you're right was probably an exaggeration um but it would knock any player way down my board let's put it that way and quarterback and quarterback it affects them more than anything for me in my eyes um so I also got to go to uh officiating as promised just <laughs> it's, it's obviously it's going to be a weekly thing now, right? Honestly, this is the week that we really need to talk about it though. Yeah, uh, but I but I mean I don't know. I think I think it's it's happening every week and it's like it was it, just it's on- it's that it's that chicken or egg thing where it's like okay, are all the extra camera angles making it that much worse? The extra eyes on it, the extra social media posts because you see the same play Pop up in your feed 15 times is yeah, that what you it is? Like sellout sports, it's like, yeah, it's because you follow us and you follow probably JPA football and you know all the other sites like us and everything like that. Um, I, I don't know, man, it's just it, but yeah, it's chicken or egg for me. It's like I can't tell if the officiating is actually worse, and if it is, I just don't feel like there's any excuse because there's also more training resources available to officials. In in a way, they're they're making things harder on officials, in some ways. But then some things are just inexcusable, and I'll I'll get into that. Yeah, in a let second. me let me talk about something
1: that's inexcusable. I think if you're a a Hawkeye fan, I think you have to contact the attorney general right away. I, I don't <laughs> know what else you can do. Um, that priority then, numero uno. <laughs> <laughs> Get the
0: get the pen out, you know, old fashioned letter. Don't do email. Who gives know? a shit about Speaker of the House? Let's let's figure this out. Let's figure out this Iowa game.
1: <laughs> terrible,
0: <laughs> terrible, terrible, terrible. I like to lose a
1: game. Like Iowa is, <laughs> they pride themselves on their defense and their special teams. They hold Minnesota to twelve points. They play an Iowa, a quintessential Iowa game. They're at ten points. They get the ball back. They're all you know. All pro, I know not all pro at you know at the college level, but returner makes a fantastic play, spins out of two or three tackles, tight ropes the sidelines, gets a touchdown like fifty yard return. Basically, not necessarily a walk off, but might as well be with that Iowa defense with like a minute left. You're going to be up four five points. Uh, Minnesota is going to need a touchdown. They're probably not going to get it from if you watched any of that game. Right, right. It goes to review, and and. You're watching the replay, like you said. Technology, okay. He doesn't step out of bounds. Cool, touchdown. But they keep on. They keep the review g- gets longer and longer. Lasts a few minutes, and then they come back, and they said that he called a fair catch. He, he. There's no way he called a fair catch. He's pointing. Yeah. He's pointing.
0: Well, he he moved it like he moved his hand like, but he like it he's was pointing like pointing was-
1: with one hand, and he's yelling like. You know, like Peter, whatever their their distress call is to yeah, say yeah. get out of the way. Fire, fire. Yeah, yeah. exactly what it is. What whatever it is. And he's he's motioning like get out of the way. He's doing like a half motion. His his arm does never it never goes up. It's it's on the side.
0: I didn't watch so I didn't see the game. I saw the highlight, obviously. Um I didn't see the game. Was there ever a definition of what or or did they bring in the rules expert? They did to- and I I was too I didn't. I to be
1: honest, I'd be, I didn't listen. So
0: it's funny. I, 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 I got to give credit where it's due. The 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 rules analysts are not being company men like they were last year, and they have been critical of the officials. Yeah, which um, is which is good to see. Yeah, well, I think it's a business decision for them too because they realized people were tired of their shit. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um,
1: but the the thing is, like, they didn't call this play dead, right? There wasn't a flag on the play. Is that? A, I didn't even know that was reviewable. Right i didn't know either and it's just like if if it is reviewable then it's um i'm not sure if unsportsmanlike is is the correct call there but there is a penalty there if you go to return a fair catch
0: i think it is uh unsportsmanlike yeah
1: yeah so and they didn't throw the flag after like once they reviewed it
0: (laughs) it doesn't make any sense yeah it's just
1: like either there's a flag and this play is void or this play stands and it's a touchdown which it which is the correct way to to go about so it.
0: So you didn't even like yeah, so then you made a decision and you didn't even And then you didn't, even, then you didn't even follow your rules. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't get that. And I I don't get how it's one of those things where you know a fair catch signal when you see one and I don't think any of us would have said that was a fair catch signal. No. And so it's one of those that that's one of those things that shouldn't be reviewable. You know it when you see it. Now, I now I felt that way about you you know you know pass interference when you see it too. You know what I mean? Now I would say you know roughing the passer when you see it, you know hitting a defenseless receiver when you see it too, but those ones are I don't know. Murkier now. Well well, yeah. well we we've we've circumcised a mosquito is basically what it's come down to. And now it's like, okay, like did he leave with the shoulder, did he leave with the head? You know, either way, back in the day what just used to be a hit, a tackle, whatever, right? So that's why I've made the case to review those ones, but yeah, like most for the most part, judgment calls shouldn't be reviewable, and that's a judgment call. So exactly, couldn't (sighs) agree with you more. So that's frustrating for Iowa for sure. Um, So you say so you saw the um, the Ohio State and Penn State game, and uh, I thought it was obviously, you know, they threw the flag not knowing it was a fumble return for a touchdown, but it, you know. I look at this and I say, Marvin Harrison initiates the contact on this play and then stumbles making his break away from the corner. And I don't, like, I don't feel like that should be holding. Like, like, yeah, you get tangled up. Like, Marvin Harrison tangled himself up on this corner. And so, I don't know. It's obviously a huge play in the game. Penn State was god-awful offensively. Aller was like 16 of 42 or something I think he came like out that. after and was like, I sucked. I mean, he did. <laughs> at least and, he owned it. Dude, like they they were um, until basically with the game out out of out of hand, with like a minute left, the graphic popped up and they were zero for fifteen on third downs. It was brutal. Credit to Ohio State's defense. So that so that I mean credit to Penn State's defense, who to me I feel like created the big play, forced the fumble, returned it for a touchdown. We're looking at a different game, you know. Um, Yeah, Yeah, I I think the big thing is like you said, they didn't know. Um, no no and, I, and I'm not I'm not saying that. no 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 I know that but, I mean I'm just saying pivotal call uh, you know obviously again like if this isn't the situation where you make that call with two minutes left in the game it's not that or anything like that it's just another one of those ones where it's yeah it's a 14 it's just, point swing it just favors the receiver It's it's like he initiated the contact which let's so actually let's get into that now let's move over to the NFL right the, you know, the guys that really make the big bucks. Not that those refs are hurting for money or anything, the Big Ten or SEC refs. But, yeah, first of all, Browns and Colts game. Egregious. The refs, the refs first of all, I don't see illegal contact. On the play, on with the play Amari prior. Cooper
1: on the yeah. I don't
0: see illegal contact
1: there. I don't either. He runs into him. And if you're gonna, if you're gonna, st- if
0: you're gonna call those,
1: this, this is more the one I see. You're, you're talking about Marvin Harrison running into him, like Amari Cooper legitimately ran into, yeah, him, right into him. It
0: ran into him, and so that's the thing. If if illegal if you're gonna do this, if you're gonna do this shit with illegal contact, which is like pass interference, should be a penalty. I don't think illegal contact should. Holding should be, and pass interference should be. Touching a receiver downfield is like it's not a, it's not even a penalty in basketball to have your hand on a guy and and like and just follow him with your hands. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, they don't they don't call, you know, if if you have a sometimes they
1: do yeah like really bad ticky tack refs do. But if you're just if you're have your hand on their hip and you're just, you know, guiding it, they don't call.
0: That no, no, not that. Talking. And especially if you're looking back for the ball. But anyway, my point being. If you're going to call that, which they're going to, we've seen, then illegal contact on the offense needs to be a penalty, too. I'm with you, 100%. Like, like you, neither one of you can touch each other. Like, hands off. Fine. Hands off past five yards. Like, that, that's it. That's, that's the only solution for me because these guys are have their hands tied. And, I mean, again, we talked about offense, you know, seemingly being down in a lot of, you know, a lot of places in the NFL. I don't know. What, I don't know. What was the verdict on this week? Seem seemed kind a lot of, of, more, a lot of more. Well, I mean, that game, the Browns Colts was like almost eighty points. Yeah, so I mean, seemed more back to normal across the league, and, and I don't know, man. I I would just I would rather see receivers have to display a little bit more strength, toughness, skill. You know what I mean? Instead of it just being about like, and don't get me wrong, because I like I've always made it sound like it's so like oh, it's so so easy to play receiver in the NFL now. Comparatively, it is, yes, but I will also give you. That route running has evolved way beyond what it was. Oh yeah. So, so why why take you know a little bit of physicality out of the game at the corner, you know corners and linebackers on tight ends and all that? Like I don't know, just the illegal contact penalties like uh, uh, definitely stick up my ass. But it let's not me nuts. let's not gloss over the oh the <laughs> uncatchable pass interference. Yeah, I mean
1: if you're it's just like the only way that's catchable is if you're two Yao Mings. And I think it was, like, 12 feet
0: in the air. You know, like, nobody's catching that. And you talk about, like, I mean, like how, do, how does that not come up in the conference? You know, the, the he officials... He was right there,
1: too. It's not like he didn't under... I understand you probably don't have, a. you know, you don't have the same angle that you're looking at as you are on TV, right? I understand field level is a little bit different. And you're, kind of, you're watching the play more than you're watching where the ball is. But you do... He was right there. He, he sees where it ends
0: up. I mean, the thing is, though, like again, these are supposed to be the best of the best of officials, and that absolutely, and they should be able to be watching. They should be able to have chameleon eyes and watch two things at one time, and like, and and they clearly don't and can't. And you're talking, you know, you talk going back to the Ohio State game. You talk
1: about how that, you know, could be a potential deal breaker in the game. This absolutely was. Like they legitimately handed the Browns the game. Kareem Hunt just had to go one yard.
0: Into the end zone, and then the Exactly, started. you cannot make that call in that situation. You go back to, to Giants and Bills last week. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, was he was he holding Waller? Sure, Waller was stiff arming him in the face too. And guess yeah. what? They just made a call. Uh, they made a holding call the play before. So they finally said, "We're just going to let him play." Because right. what what are we going to do? We're going to do this five times until until the Giants finally score. Like, no, I'm okay with letting them play there. The only reason it sucks is, yeah, the Giants get screwed on a roughing the passer call or earlier in the game too. So the Giants kind of had a case for bad officiating in that game. Um, a lot of teams have a case for bad officiating these lately. days. Yeah, um, Steelers and Rams game. I mean, so Pickett got stopped on that touch push. So, it's, but it's right before the two minute warning, yeah, Rams out of their timeouts, and yeah, so they so they can't challenge it. I think you should be. I mean, able- too, You know, I will say this though. You know, holding on to your timeouts is is part of, it's part of the strategy, right? It is. So, um,
1: can I can I throw this to you? Why can't they look at that at the two minute warning before a play is snapped? I mean, I right like before another play is snapped. Are we hang on? Did, the, you're are already, we sure the
0: Steelers didn't like run right up and run another play? They It went down to two minutes
1: because that's what, sure. Like a smart team would do that. But I'm sure. You know, I think the rule
0: the, reads inside two minutes though. Yeah. So I think but if you're at the 2 minute break already.
1: Right, and, but and, I but the rule yeah, but no, the I understand why I understand, why, yeah, they, yeah, yeah, I I understand why
0: they didn't but I I'm, I'm saying can we change that? Um uh-huh. I don't know man. You got to draw a line somewhere, right? So I will so hey, I mean that's the way the cookie crumbles sometimes like you didn't have any timeouts. So I will I will give that part of it cuz bad calls are going to happen no matter what. It's just this week it was bad for a, another one to happen and I mean, it's just a laundry list this week. I mean, literally, right? Flags <laughs> you know, all over the place. Um, what do you think about the uh, the Kareem Jackson hit? You know, it's a tough one, man, because I I've been on record. I'm I'm the biggest dick out there, and I like, yeah, that biggest asshole. Let's put it that. Way. <laughs> I'm the biggest asshole out there about this kind of stuff, and I've even said Kareem Jackson's had some dirty, dirty hits. Yeah, the one that Logan Thomas was the the one that Logan Thomas, Thomas was egregious. This one was mean, but I think it's borderline and he's done it to himself as far as not having any benefit of the doubt, but four games. Yeah, four games is way too much. It's like, I mean, it's like, like going that. to it's like going to court for like, you know, like oh you've a been a parking ticket. yeah, uh, yeah you like yeah, you've got parking yeah. tickets and you've been Felony. dealing you've been dealing weed. Oh, you're going to jail for ten years. What? Like <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, I don't know. I, I thought it was a mean hit. I know. I don't really consider him defenseless because he turned upfield. He had time to make a Yeah, it's an awkward Does anybody know what the fuck a football move is? I don't know, but I think that was a football move because he turned up field, right? It, it
1: was awkward because he, you know, he caught it and then he's trying to he's like gaining his balance and he goes one, two, three, and as he turns he gets hit. But I mean, that's he gave him three steps. I mean, that's a It 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 doesn't it's not Kareem Jackson's fault that if you don't, he's turning into him as he's hitting. Yeah.
0: Him. So, like, I mean, wh- exactly. So he he hits a, a larger player. Musgrave's a, a tight end. Yeah. So he hits a larger player with a, with with his the full force of his body. A and player he, and he goes shoulder first. Yeah. If he's if he's not a runner, quote unquote, yet he's damn close to about to being a runner. And now this is irrelevant. Now, if you want to say it's borderline and and the guy was still borderline defenseless, fine. Personal foul. I don't care. Like, I mean, it shouldn't be, but fine. Ejection and four game suspension? Like yeah, this is an overreaction because people were pissed that they didn't do anything about it in the first place. Yeah, like, If you had suspended him after the Logan, Logan Thomas hit? Yeah, nobody would have spat like, an eye, I don't think. So now like it's it just now like Broncos fans. So Thomas now did. you're going to make up for it with a team that let's say the Broncos were actually good in, in the playoff <laughs> race, right? Like just go with me, right? Take a walk on this one. So let's let's just say the Broncos are 4 and 3 instead, which Really, you know, not very that well f- could be, very yeah. well could be right, and so they're in the playoff race, and now they're without their safety for four games when they should have been able to plan ahead. You know what I mean? You, like, don't,
1: you don't believe that it's actually going to be four games, though, do you? Like, I know it is four games, but the NFLPA is going to get that down to like two. Okay, two is too much. No, I, I, like he shouldn't be suspended for this, but uh, he should have been suspended for the other one. So if they get it down to one, I'm, I'm not, I'm not losing
0: any sleep over it. I mean,
1: he has shown. Uh, you know, <laughs> he he's put a few dirty hits on. Yeah, him. no
0: Again, he did this to himself at the end of the day. It's just, you know, if you look at that play in a vacuum. Yeah, that one's not. I don't, I don't see it. It's probably his sixth or seventh. You know, I, I don't even consider that one dirty at all. Man. Did you see Musgrave pop up though? I probably, I probably shouldn't be laughing, but again, I'm an asshole, but you see him pop up and it was just like, yeah, like he was like, I kind of regret playing football today. Like, the look on his face. Iowa guy, um, right?
1: Oh, no. He went to Oregon State. I just, I guess I just assume every tight end goes to Iowa. <laughs> so, yeah. Hawkinson was Iowa, right? Yeah. They, I mean, uh, George Kittle, Noah Fan. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Kittle, Fan. Yeah. Um, Sam Laporta on the Lions this year. Uh, yeah.
0: I, like, I, I was like assuming you already, we, we had already conceded Laporta. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Wow. Tight yeah. end to you. Yes, sir. Um, Oh yeah, Kelsey. Yeah, the Kelsey brothers of Cincinnati. Cincinnati, yeah. yeah. Um All right. Um anyway. Oh yeah, I did want to just comment so Stephen A just asked, is, is it too much to ask to well, I think this was on first take, right, with yeah. uh, with Ryan Clark. And Stephen A asked, he was like, is it too much to ask a defender to not hit a guy <laughs> in the head? Uh, it's like, uh, is it too much to ask for you to only comment on sports you know things about? <laughs> like like I I I've I've gained I don't know if respects the word. I guess it is like 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 I've learned to tolerate Stephen A. a lot more over the years. I still don't tolerate him talking about fighting because he definitely doesn't know a goddamn thing about any combat sport. But that's why I don't say anything about fighting myself. <laughs> like just shut the and neither do I. But at least I like was around it for a few years. Yeah. You know, like so Stephen A. shut the fuck up because you also haven't played safety or any like at least not since high school. Um, I'm all I'm all for him talking about basketball, and he can talk football too because I know he watches plenty of it. But to say, "Oh, is it too much?" Yes, you're going to hit a guy in the head sometimes. It's what happens. <laughs> it's it, it is it is collateral damage. Collateral damage is an acceptable part of the game. And you know what? Yeah. And let me just say this: the NFL is pushing this flag football stuff down our throats. And let me tell you right now, Mike, if we're lucky enough to be doing this in five years, I will not. I will. You can talk about flag football by yourself because I'm going to the fucking kitchen and making popcorn or something. I am not talking about flag football. I don't give a fuck. All right,
1: we'll have to, we'll have to uh, morph into more of a hockey, baseball, basketball
0: podcast. If that, yeah. If that happens. Oh god, if it's if you mean like the NFL becomes flag football, I mean like I I'm already off the reservation by then, and <laughs> like so. But what I mean is if like. NFL and flag football coexist, if the NFL and flag football coexist, and they think that I'm actually going to talk about flag football, there's no fucking chance. I don't fucking care. Because guess what? You already have a league that displays all those same skills. It's called basketball. I don't need it.
1: All right. I guess I'll uh, pencil some solo segments in for myself in yeah, and, tw- and the 2028 uh
0: summer games. Or I mean whatever. I'll, I'll start I'll start writing my uh my scripts. Dude, I'll probably be dead by then anyway. You'll have a new. you'll have a new partner. It's fine. Um so I just I like I can't express enough how little I care. You would have to give me a fucking lobotomy to care any less about flag football. I'm not going to do that. So. so yeah, like no no shot. So, so please stop NFL. Like, just, just stop. Uh, all right. So I, I promised we'd circle back to the Eagles game. Cause obviously there were plenty of gripes from that game. And, uh, so I'll start with the gripe that the Eagles, uh, you know, have a, le- a legitimate claim to offsides on the offense on the, on the first push push of the game. Like, what are you looking at? I don't understand. I don't understand what a side judge is doing, especially in that situation and and the thing is is i'm also saying is they missed a false start by like the entire left side of the eagles line so like what are you looking at again you need to be able to see like you're looking at the ball but i imagine i, I don't know what they teach officials but i imagine it's got to be something to do with use your peripheral vision and see if somebody's moving forward before the ball is snapped seems pretty simple to me should have been a false start on the eagles and like and quite frankly it worked in their favor that it was offsetting penalties right but to call it offsides is just like a blatant disregard for the rules. The offense gets the ball.
1: Mm.
0: Like what? What are you doing? What? What is the side judge doing? And they miss so many offsides calls on the defense. The defense is lined up in the neutral zone constantly. Yeah, I like. If it's the beginning of the game, you warn them once, right? Like you see this shit in the third and fourth quarter all the time. Like, what are you doing as a side judge that you can't? Like, you're literally. I mean, the sure as hell not calling if the receiver's on or off the line because I see that shit all the time too. I know. Yeah, it's funny because you, you do
1: still see receivers like check with their with the side judge line judge, um, and
0: <laughs> but just, just because like, just because they looked at the official, even if they're on or off, yeah, even, they don't. They just like like they don't. Like it doesn't matter. It doesn't give a shit if it's if it's accurate. It's just like I'm on. Like, well, no, actually, you're not. But
1: okay, yeah. <laughs> but like, if you're telling me you are, then I will not call this for you know in a illegal formation is <laughs> what they're like.
0: And, yeah. And I mean, everybody lost their mind over one of those. Was that last That was last year. Um, commanders and Giants. Um, and it was a legal formation penalty at the end of the game. And I, I think I, it was McLaurin like looked
1: over to the ref and oh, checked. Oh, right. And, and, he, he, and then after the game, he said,
0: I checked and he told me that I was on. Yeah. So it's, it's like, <laughs> like, Well, if you told him he was on, but that, I mean like, yeah. but no, you're supposed to, I mean, at least, I mean, you, you see it in high school all the time. Like, no, move up. Move up, okay. You're good. Like right,
1: yeah. You never see them do that. They they just go and then you know in high school you'll get the thumbs up or whatever. But no, none of that. Anyway, my
0: point being is like, what are, what are these side judges doing? Is that where the is that where you put the dumb officials? Because that's well, what I'm. Defensive linemen. There's two of them group. and they miss this shit all the time. I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, far from the only thing in that game,
1: officiating wise.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, so the. <laughs> Should have been an obvious pass interference on Bradbury. Um, was that that was to Wilson too, right? Um, to Cedric Wilson. I think it. Yeah, it was. That would have set up the Dolphins like at the Eagles. Two, fi- I think. Oh, I, th- I thought it was like the ten, but whatever. Uh, deep in Eagles territory, though, instead the Dolphins end up punting, right, or uh, or going forward on fourth and not getting it. I can't remember what happened. That that are we sequence. The same?
1: Are we thinking the same play? It was like the three or four yard line. Like right before the right before the goal line, where he grabs the face mask. Where he grabbed the face mask, yeah. Yeah, he was he was deeper. I think he was within the five. Um, what happened to I, that? I, I'm I'm drawing a blank, but or oh, it was an
0: interception. It was a turnover, I think. Uh, no, no, no. I I think it let. I I think the play happened on a. Th- hang on, let me look it up. Oh okay. no, it,
1: it happened on a fourth down. Yeah, you're right. It you're happened right. on a fourth down. Yeah, I believe so. Uh,
0: yeah. Sorry. Okay, downs.
1: Yep, I think it was Yep,
0: you're right. Yeah. And it would uh, it
1: would have been out like the 3 or 4 yard line. So Check. with 413 left in the third, and then
0: two plays and later. And then no, next play. Next play. there was instant a, karma, instant, a, instant karma. Instant instant football karma. Um that that some guy wanted to fight me on social media about. He said, said "Well, a tipped ball isn't the quarterback's fault." I was like, "Well, I think that one was dumbass." <laughs> like like I think I think Jalen Hurts needs to know not to throw that ball with a with a <laughs> cornerback 3 yards from him. <laughs> But whatever. Um, yeah. So, yeah. It was like, and that's why I say, okay. I guess you can make the case the Eagles' defense gave up seventeen points, not ten. But either way, a good day against the. I'll Dolphins. meet you in the middle. Thirteen. No, it's it's one or the other. <laughs> so either way, good day for the Eagles' defense, right? Um, oh, for sure. Not a not a good day for linemen though. Um, if you're you know if you have any pride, because Jalen Carter. Um, who I mean, you wanna like him, right? I mean, the guy's a stud. Uh just, you know, with a with a flop that any NBA player would be proud of. And it's funny that we mention that because uh yeah, he he gets into a little dust up with Austin Howard from the from the Dolphins. Uh Carter starts it, starts, you know, smashing him in the face, you know, giving him giving him uh, you know, palms to the face shoves to the face, and then Howard comes with, like, a you know, a half-ass clothesline because Carter turns yeah, away, like, and Carter does this, like... He, like, he basically like, taps him in the Adam's apple. Yeah, and, and Carter, like, flails to the ground right in front of the official and gets the off-sending penalty. How are you calling that? It's like, uh, God, it, 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 that's the thing. He's right in front of the like, ref.
1: Legitimately, like he, almost, like, he almost body-bumped him. Like, he almost bumped him on his way down. Like, that's how...
0: Like, the ref was right there. And this this should be I don't care this should be embarrassing behavior hashtag stop the flop hashtag find the flop because that's the answer start finding this stuff like Jalen like, Carter six foot three three hundred thirteen
1: pounds you want to tell me he's going down like that when yeah when somebody oh, yeah. This, up this, against him
0: this is what the guy this, that's what the guy on the, our Facebook post said he's like well let a little three hundred pound man hit you like well he's a three hundred pound man too.
1: No, but he didn't even hit him though. That's the thing. Like no, he really no, no.
0: Like like you, you watch Howard. Like all of his momentum is going away from Carter. So there's no way like no. he hit him with any force. There's with that no arm. force behind that. Like, God. And but just again, coming back to what flopping is like, if Carter's just like, I can make a case for him only like if he's like having fun. You know what I mean? <laughs> like whoa, yeah, you know, yeah. like you know what I mean? Like there is a case to be made there. I don't think that's what happened, though. It's so you know funny. I mean?
1: Like uh, when when I cover a football game, this happened this this past weekend when I was covering a high school football game. Uh, I used to do this in practice. I wouldn't do it in games, but like. Have you experienced, like, screamers on, on football fields? I'm sure you have. Like, when people get tackled and they're like, oh! Like, like, you know, and they're, like, laughing when they get tackled or they tackle somebody. <laughs> and it's just, it's really psycho behavior, but it's it's really funny to experience Oh, it. yeah,
0: I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah like, like, like laughing maniacally. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, um, I experienced that last week.
1: And, yeah, if, if Jalen Carter was doing that, like, that's funny. Yeah, I like that. But if, when he's legitimately trying to... To get a call, and he's over three hundred pounds, and
0: and somebody brushes up against him. Like, come on! And and then like the, just you know, it, the 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 icing on the cake for this one is it, I What was the exact quote after the game? It's funny because I made a real and I literally said, "LeBron, what did I say? LeBron ain't no ain't no role model for a defensive tackle." Just think,
1: uh, when asked about his obvious flop,
0: Carter told reporters he was quote. Just thinking about LeBron. <laughs> so like, I learned it from watching LeBron. I, I was thinking about LeBron. Dude, you are a defensive tackle. That means something. That means basketball has nothing to do with you. And you have nothing to do with basketball. So so no child. This this is not the way. Okay? It's like no, he like, you know, he's he's part of something. As a defensive lineman, that's you know, again, like I said, they're dumb. All right, but this is I don't know, man. Like you don't, you don't do that shit on the offensive and defensive line. You just don't. Yeah, it's not a good look. And and I mean, nobody should do it. I, again, I think it's disgusting behavior, no matter who you are. But I expect a little bit of it from a Patrick Mahomes. I don't expect it from a defensive tackle, and I don't want to see it ever again. Because I, I mean, again, Le, like like LeBron made it okay in the NBA. He brought it. He brought it to another level. Like flopping was always a thing. I understand that, but LeBron. LeBron made it okay and continues to make it okay because he's never spoken out against it, and he continues to be one of the worst offenders. So, I don't want to see this shit in the NFL. And yeah, he, d-
1: he definitely popularized it. I'm, I'm not going to argue against you there. Yeah,
0: he, and he he popularized, he enabled, and then he and then he took it to another level, and it's with some of the most embarrassing ones of his career this past season. So, yeah.
1: Oh God, the. Uh I wouldn't necessarily call it a flop kind of after the Celtics Lakers game in like December regular season game uh, he was he was vying for a call and he like fell to the ground and just like flailed like a fish I don't think he got I don't think anybody bodied him but like when he didn't get the call he was just in such disgust that he like he was just on the ground Oh, so funny Patrick Beverly came over it went to overtime um, after the final play and uh, Patrick Beverly, in between the end of regulation and the beginning of overtime, took a Lakers uh, team photographer's camera, like a Nikon camera, and literally showed the referee like uh, LeBron getting fouled on oh, the play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I re- funny. I do so funny. This. Oh god! All right. And that's what we got get to look forward to because basketball is back starting today.
0: Yeah, so it, it, uh, look for that hashtag. Stop the flop, find the flop. Both of those are going to be because like, I'm a, I'm going to have uh, you know that's going to be a focus for me as a uh, you know as a basketball analyst is is advocating for that. All right. Um, How about you advocate for some uh, positivity here, Tori? Yep. So it's. Uh, <laughs> It is uh, time to end our show with holidays and history. Uh, so celebrate every day. And, uh, and uh, every day is an important day in history. And uh, yeah, we do have a big, you know, we, we got a big holiday coming up, but that doesn't mean that you don't want to celebrate all the days in between.
1: Yeah. And uh, we, we forgot to mention one thing uh, on the last, last show. We mentioned um, Make a Dog's Day Day. Uh, I did not know Subaru created that
0: day so we're always yeah we're always asking like where did these come from so 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 yeah i was watching football
1: watching football on sunday and a subaru commercial came up about make a dogs make a dogs day day and it's uh pretty much the premise around it is you know older dogs at at shelters don't really get you know homes or adopted as much and they're championing the message of like hey like they they deserve homes too and i thought that was really cool so
0: yeah 100 percent like that's a we we did get a puppy this time cuz we you know cuz we had cats but our first dog when i um when i got back from afghanistan she was 9 months but basically that they told us that day who knows maybe it was a sob story but it worked <laughs> they said that that day was kind of our last chance and we took her and so uh yeah i'm all i'm all for it like you know don't go to breeders you know like not that I'm shaming anybody, but like, really, like, go, you know, go, go adopt a dog that needs a home. You know what I'm saying? I mean, honestly, I feel yeah, the I same way you. about kids, quite frankly, <laughs> like, a, like if Casey and I were ever going to have kids, we would adopt for the same reason. But again, if you want to have, you know, something that's a copy of you and your partner or whatever, then that's cool, too. But I don't know. My But my feeling is, you know, we got enough people. Let's let's start giving the ones that don't have homes a place to live. Anyway, that's my uh, that's my PSA. <laughs> And we were so we were yeah positivity. Uh, <laughs> National it's National Bologna Day. Uh, that's yeah today the twenty fourth is National Bologna Day. Did you, did you have a lot of bologna sandwiches oh, as a kid? Yeah, I grew up on them. I think when ba- you,
1: bag lunch. When do you uh, when do you start hating bologna? Like eight years old, it's just like okay now you <sighs> just don't like it anymore. I mean for me, I, I think that was I, think like, I, I probably pushed ten. I was, was going to say push, ten or eleven for push me double digits, and
0: then. And then I don't know, like, and then you start hearing about like what's in it, and you're like, you're like, all She's of a like, sudden, why did my parents feed me this? Yeah, all of a sudden, it doesn't taste that good anymore. It becomes a texture thing, right? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> but shout out to the bag lunch kids, you know what I mean? Cause yeah. I think, I think apparently we were both bag lunch kids, right? No, I wasn't, but I was oh, just no. gonna, I was just gonna let you. Let you, have that you were one. you were just gonna you were just gonna lie you were just gonna misre- misrepresent yourself as no, a bag no, lunch no, kid.
1: No, no, my mom would never. Uh, you son she, she of She didn't bitch. have the time.
0: I, w- I would just get the hot hot meal.
1: You know, <laughs> hot meal of the day.
0: Oh no, my mom didn't have time either. But I had, to, I had to, my my sister was the one that usually made me the bag lunch. Actually, I guess but. my brothers don't like me that much. <laughs> that's that's understandable. I mean, it's understandable. My, huh? My, um, <laughs> no, no, I'm saying you know like I or I believe that um that a brother wouldn't you know be as much of a uh, i don't know a motherly my, figure yeah yeah i'm gonna get myself in trouble with yeah, gender yeah. role stuff but whatever i mean my sister was my brother and my sister because i didn't have an older brother so you know she pinned me down and it on my head and all that stuff too so she was she was a good older brother too uh anyway all right national kangaroo awareness day i don't know you threw this on there you must have had a take i don't i just love kangaroos they're my favorite animal i'd love to see one in the Not wild your favorite animal yeah
1: just beat the shit you, out of humans. Um
0: they do kind of kill dogs too, which I just kind of realized. Yeah, uh, bummer. But yeah. you know, like, um, and this would be a bummer too. It, it was a bummer. I, when I went to Australia when I was in the Marines, they Oh, I didn't know you had been to Australia. Uh yeah, yeah. Um Perth, the the home of ACDC, who's actually on this list as well. Um But yeah, so we were in Perth and we went to this wildlife preserve. And I can only imagine they must have just had them like shot up with stuff, or or maybe they were super domesticated, but or maybe Australians just don't give a fuck. But they were really docile, chill kangaroos, and so I can only imagine they must have been giving them sedatives, though, because why would you risk people? But I was literally walking around and petting kangaroos, like it was. Wow, you've lived my dream. Yeah. So go to Australia, Um, but I don't think they really give a fuck about liability issues because there was also because there was also a Tasmanian devil pen. And it was literally, like, two feet high because they're not that big. They're tiny. But they're psychos. And now I see why the cartoon, like, spins around in a circle because they don't do that. But they basically run figure eights all day. Like, the the pen probably wasn't nearly big enough now that I think about it. It's kind of sad because they were probably just running around. But but they, they had a grassy, like, you know, enclosure, sure. and they had just run a figure eight into the... Yeah. The- Australia is just a wild place because, like, everything there will kill you. So... Yeah. Um. And people, I mean, it's probably like the only place I went, so I can't, I, I'm not going to make a blanket statement about all countries, but it's the only place I went where they loved Americans. So, which is include, which includes Hawaii, by the way, I don't I don't think they generally like the mainlanders there. Um, but in Australia, they, I mean, we saved their asses in world war II and so we're good friends and all that stuff, but yeah, but I'll, I'll tell the rest of my Australia story some other time. All right. Um, but speaking of the crazy people doing crazy things, 1901, uh, it was Annie Edson Taylor did the first barrel ride over Niagara Falls. It was a 175-foot drop. Um, she was, she was 60, 63 years old. Yeah, I kind of buried the lead there. 63-year-old woman did the first barrel ride, or at least the first official barrel ride over Niagara Falls. First successful one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess maybe the first one to, to live and tell the tale. And Yeah. Uh, she did also, she didn't recommend it, right? She, <laughs> no. said, she said she'd rather stand in front of a cannon and get blast and into get, pieces get, or get, something. Like yeah, that. I think that was her exact words, actually. Was she Canadian or she did it on the Canadian side? Was she, she did, did it, it on the Canadian side. I don't know. I don't know where, where, where she's from. And uh, last one on October 24th, 2003, was the last flight of the Concorde, uh, the supersonic business jet, whatever. I just thought this was funny because it's like it almost directly coincides with you know the onset of yeah i didn't real actually know cell this, phones i didn't know what this was you know oh you never I've heard? I've heard of it but i had no idea what it was when i say so if i say flight of the concords you think of like the cheesy band not the no, <laughs> i don't know the band either Oh, uh, it's it's like a, a it's like a pair is it a parody show about music i don't know gotcha um yeah so look that up too i guess but um but yeah the concord was uh, it was a supersonic uh i think it would get to like twelve or thirteen hundred miles an hour. You could beat um, you could be New York to London in like two, three hours or something crazy like right. that. And uh, yeah, once we had cell phones and internet and stuff like that, they were like, well we don't really need this anymore. <laughs> because I can just have this, this meeting is with you. obsolete. Yeah, so yeah, this is not really necessary. Um, I didn't actually I I was basically the last person I knew to get a cell phone, which you which you probably believe, but um, yeah I did like it was when I was in the Marines in Pensacola and all we had was a well every, mo, pretty much everybody had cell phones by this time but other than that it was pay phones and so that like everybody was like on that one pay phone using their calling cards and stuff like that I just
1: missed out on pay phones. I don't That's think awesome. I ever used one. I mean I saw <laughs> them around. Um
0: <laughs> or was it me you and Parker talked about yeah. we talked about pay phones a little bit. Oh yeah, the movie, the the yeah, uh, the booth. phone yeah. booth or, or phone booth or booth yeah. or whatever it was. Um All right, moving on. October twenty fifth, National Chucky the Killer Doll Day. I was like, who the hell came up with this one? I don't know. I guess it gets a day though. Dude, dolls. Just dolls in general are creepy. Yeah, like that one
1: obviously. you know more so than others,
0: like, but yeah, for sure. But it's, like, it's it's hard to make a doll endearing when you think about it. Because even if they just have like those like l- like like those black dot beady eyes, like that's creepy too. Yeah, it is just dead and lifeless. Yeah. But at the same time, watching you, and, and then if you get glossy ones, those are creepy because they're more lifelike. And, yeah, you know, like there's no way to make. It, yeah, it's just a weird a concept to, in general. Yeah, there's not really a way to make a a human figurine cute or endearing. no. Yeah can't really teddy bears can't really think of one i don't know i mean cabbage patch kids probably like the closest thing right i don't not that not that they're like not that they're endearing or anything but like the least creepy that i can think of first they're sour then they're sweet then they're gone no that's sour patch kids (laughs) (laughs) those two uh no i'll I'll, i love me some sour patch kids it's not cabbage patch kids though um all right uh back to sports uh, speaking of the Vikings uh, winning tonight. So nineteen sixty four, Vikings defensive lineman, Jim Marshall. This is the anniversary of the day he ran the wrong way. Um, Vikings defense forced a fumble. Marshall scooped it, scooped and scored, except he scored in the wrong end zone. <laughs> yeah.
1: If he was uh, if he was a showboat, right, you would have realized what he was doing because he would have looked back, he would have been like, Look at me, look at me, but now he just thinks he's making a good play for the team. Yeah. Gets in the end zone, I think he throws it, and then at that point,
0: yeah I, I don't actually remember what the result of the play was i don't know if like a, if i uh i think it was against the browns or something i don't know if like a oh no 49ers
1: and i don't <laughs> and know a if 49ers a... player went up to him and congratulated him and thanked he, said, you. he said thank you okay.
0: yeah <laughs> God. it sucks because jim he was actually i don't know if he's a hall of famer but he's but he was a very good uh player for an extended period of time so it's kind of like leon let where his legacy should have been damn good football player and instead it's like for the dumb thing he did um in Leon Lett's case, the, the dumb things he did, but anyway. Um so yeah, as promised ACDC in nineteen eighty, this was their first top forty hit. Uh, shook me all night long, and that has forever been immortalized in pregame warm ups and pro- seventh inning stretches and timeouts and yeah, like a closer probably, you know, like that?
1: a like a closer song too. Yeah, like I, I guess
0: a, yeah, I guess you could say it's a closer song. Um, but yeah, definitely big at sporting events right? I saw an uh, ACDC cover
1: band uh, this summer It was actually fantastic It was at like a local fair
0: Really? Yeah I think you I, Why do I feel like you mentioned that? I, I, I think probably you did.
1: did I think probably a practice episode um, Very, very good Dirty Deeds Shout out to them I don't know where they're out of But it was
0: very good uh, What fair did you see them
1: at? Uh, North Haverhill Fair It's in like northern New Hampshire see Yeah, it? yeah, okay Yeah well, That's cool
0: Yeah I mean that's it's hard to uh it's a hard voice to replicate. I feel like it's kind of like uh, there's a whole
1: band, yeah, like they did the like the I'm I'm blanking on the guitarist's name right now, but the the way he performs like sliding across the stage and everything like they they replicated Oh, and, you mean Angus. Right. Angus. Yeah. Yes, yeah. The same outfits like they they like studied them.
0: Really really cool. Hmm, good shit. I feel like that would be like yeah, like that'd be uh replicating like Axel Rose's voice. Like that like that's yeah, tough, It is you know? tough. Um all right, and then uh, 1983. This was uh, when the invasion of Grenada took place, and uh, so really, that for me, it's just a shout out. Heartbreak Ridge, kind of a kind of an underrated movie. I don't imagine you've seen it, I but uh, it. but uh, Clint Eastwood, Marine Corps. I um, love I love war movies, so, so I have to watch it. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Well, like it's not as much war; it's military, but yeah. it's, uh, it's a little bit. Eh, it's war at the end, and there's like a good scene where. Yeah, uh, I won't give it away. Um, I think we had an article on it. Um, you on, said Clint Eastwood, though, huh? I love Clint Eastwood movies. Yeah, too. yeah, Clint Eastwood. You know, funny man, um, the guy, the guy I was telling you about that we were talking about with Parker Norm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Norm, Norm said uh, like he's a really nice guy, but like actually kind of nerdy. Like, like, but but very nice guy. Hmm. That's a, that you know that's coming from Norm. So, um, he said. Actually, I probably shouldn't say what Norm said. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah. Um, but anyway, and uh, October 26th, so that'll be this Thursday, is Day of the Deployed. Um, just shout out to everybody out there overseas. Veterans Day is coming up. I'll probably do a little spiel then. Um, you know, not for me. I don't, like, really look at myself in that light <laughs> whatsoever. I was just a mechanic, but obviously. Yeah, don't sound player. Your... No, 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 no. It's not why I'm saying it. Stop. Um, but, no, so just, um, yeah, but, you know, you know, I will say this, like, deployments are uh they're like a, they're kind of a blessing in disguise in a lot of ways especially if you're somebody like me that didn't like see like terrible combat or anything like that is uh when you go through some shit with people just like being away from home missing home is like that's that's what makes you close with people you know what i mean like like it's like the it's like that quote from um uh what's his name on the office andy who's like like i wish there was a way to know you're in the good times when you yeah. w- while you're still in them and that's kind of what it is, you know. Like Af- Afghanistan. Afghanistan sounds awful, right? It was actually way more fun than my first deployment. Like being on the boat sucks, and I was with a way better group. My, I liked my squadron, my second deployment, way more. And, yeah. Um, and I know, and I think there was a certain amount of like, there just wasn't a whole lot to do, so we had to like, <laughs> you know, we had to kind of use our imaginations, and we were doing a lot of goofy shit, and and, and we had fun. You know what I mean? Um, and you know. A lot of real veterans out there are probably pissed hearing this. Is like, oh yeah, I was getting shot at, but like, I don't know, man. Sorry, <laughs> like, that's why I say, like, yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't do anything. I, like, there was a rocket that hit a, uh, hit like 300 yards from us once. That's like the scariest thing that happened. So, I mean, that's it was like
1: objectively pretty scary. From well, so what me. they
0: do is like, so the Taliban dickheads would lock. They would, uh, they would basically just take RPGs, and the base is the size of freaking Rhode Island, Kandahar. It was like, it, it was huge. And so they would just take RPGs and just launch them at an angle in like, so not aimed at anything in particular, but this is why like radio communication, like you don't talk, you know, you don't tell people like, Oh, it hit here. Cause then they kind of know how to adjust it. And maybe they can, so you don't, so you don't communicate back home in case they intercept your message. Right. Um, they would do that. The motherfuckers would put a mortar round and then a block of ice on top of the mortar tube so that way they could be long gone so that way we like when we're trying to figure out where it came from they're already long gone like so the so it melts on the ice it drops into the tube and then it shoots in oh okay so they barely ever hit anything um i will say so i did have a couple of friends with that first squadron that were still in that first squadron that uh they were actually part of the worst attack since vietnam but like the most costly um attack from a from an enemy force since Vietnam because they broke through the lines in, uh, in Afghanistan and ended up killing the commanding officer and oh, another wow. guy. Yeah. Um, destroyed a bunch of jets. Like one of my friends was legitimately like in the fight and everything. Um, so I had nothing to do with any of that stuff. So that's why I say not a real veteran whatsoever. <laughs> and I wasn't even a good mechanic. So, um, but yeah, so day of the deployed, again, we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit more around veterans day, but, um, Anyway, so and uh, moving on, this uh, so October 26, 1986 is the infamous day. Uh, the, bu- the ball goes through Bill Buckner's legs to allow the Mets to win game six, they go on to win game seven. My dad, so I was five months old. My dad, uh, woke me up probably to the dismay of my mother at the time, um, to watch me, you know, see the Red Sox, you know, win the World Series for the first time, and obviously that didn't pan <laughs> out. It didn't pan out then, anyway. Um, it was actually again. I g- I got to enjoy the fun of you know the the hate and the angst of being a Red Sox fan for 19 years before they finally finally got to win one. So yeah, I wish I had a little bit of that, but I've just been spoiled. Yeah, you're just a spoiled, fuck. But but you know, um, I mean, brighter days got to come around for the Red Sox eventually, right? Henry's got to sell the team, or you know, he's he'll want to diversify his portfolio with a. It I can get a little bit worse, but it can't get much worse. So, yeah. <laughs> I suppose it could get a little, yeah. I mean, if you have that payroll or if you have those resources, how many more games can you really lose, right? I guess they could hire Bobby Valentine again. <laughs> did they Did they win 69 games that year or something? Was it, was, it that bad? It was something really bad, Man. yeah. Bobby, they might have sniffed 70, but it... The Bobby Valentine year. Anyway, if only we could look it up. But we don't have time. There's no time. Ah, oh, Jesus we're at, Okay. Well, we got in under the two hour Mark. So, uh, all right, everybody, thank you for being here. That's our show. And, uh, just want to say, yeah, I got to start doing the thank yous at the beginning again too, but thank you everyone for listening. Uh, as it seems like we're adding to our audience and we appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, no, it's <laughs> supposed to leave it up. All right. <laughs> But yeah, thanks to all, and uh, and uh, we'll we'll be back in your ears on Thursday. Uh, it's only gonna get better.